Well, good morning. We're excited today about continuing our Give series. Pastor Kevin has done a wonderful job, going to continue with it today. We talked about give thanks and then give love. And today we're going to talk about give. It's the little things. And he's going to be talking about sowing seeds, those little seeds of love and joy and kindness and goodness and the seeds of the resources that we have. And I want us to look at the scriptures, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10. Now, may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. You see, this scripture tells us that he supplies the seed and it's our job to sow that seed and then he promises to multiply it and that's what creates the harvest and the blessing and the breakthrough in our lives. Is it always easy? Absolutely not. Sometimes there's pain in the offering. Sometimes we just forget to sow. Sometimes we don't feel we have enough to sow. Sometimes we don't see results very quickly and we become discouraged. But look what the word tells us in Psalm 126. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Today, we're going to start out singing, I shall not be moved about the steadfastness of the Lord. And then we're going to sing, keep on casting your bread upon the waters. Now, I know we sang this a couple weeks ago on Thanksgiving Sunday, but it fits so perfectly with the message today. If we keep on casting our bread, if we keep on sowing our seed, it's going to come back. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. But our job is to let go of that little seed, let God take it and multiply it, and let him bring the harvest and the blessing and the breakthrough in your life. Let's sing out in faith today. Shall not be moved. I shall. 
Don't you waver, keep on living in the way God wants you to. Don't get discouraged, keep on giving. Soon it will come back to you. Keep on casting your bread upon the water.
Also remind our youth that next Sunday, not this Sunday, next Sunday, December 11th will be your youth Christmas party, five to seven here on campus. Invite your friends. I know that y'all are gonna have a great time next Sunday at your Christmas party. And then, as most of you have figured out by now, Christmas is on Sunday this year. And so we get to celebrate the birth of our Lord on Sunday. And so we just say, want you to come and invite friends, invite family to be a part of that Christmas service. We're gonna have a Christmas choir. We're excited about that. We're gonna have approximately a one hour service. And so we encourage you to come and be a part of that. Just a fun fact, Josh is the one with the fun facts always in our family. Christmas on Sundays come in cycles. And so the next cycle will not be for 11 years. Christmas will be on Sunday again in 2033. Pastor Kevin, you will be 65 that year. I'll still be young, but he'll be 65. <laughs> but it's special. It's going to be Christmas on Sunday. Make sure that you're here to celebrate the birth of our Lord with us. Our missions offering focus today is going to be for the family village, and we're going to be helping with the Christmas parties for the foster children in our area and for the children who are being raised by grandparents and aunts and uncles that have been taken from, taken from their homes, a Christmas party they have planned, and we want to help make that special. Miranda's been communicating with them. They have a lot of fun things planned for them, and so we thought it'd be a great opportunity to bless those children in foster care during this time of the year. So ushers, if you would come forward to receive our morning missions offering, let's stand, let's bring our offering forward in faith this morning.
Well, good morning, everyone. Would you agree with me today that our worship team is awesome? Can we just bless the Lord for our worship team? It just amazes me how wonderful of a job that they do. Y'all really impress me. Y'all really do. You know, I am preaching a series, and I guess I always feel this way every week. But I guess I feel a little bit more like this just this morning, and that is how important this season is that God is speaking to us, this message, this word that the Lord is speaking to us. I can't, I can't say it enough. I wish I was a better communicator. I wish I was a more powerful this or that. But I'm telling you that today, open up your heart and receive God's word in this season. It is so vital to understand our need to give. We need to learn how to give. And I'll help you understand a little bit more how important that is in this message today. Let me say this. Make sure that we don't fall in the trap like the vast, vast majority of people sitting in church today that hear a word, go out, and really do nothing with it. James said, I looked at it this morning. It said, but be ye a, don't be deceived. Be a doer of the word of God, not a hearer only, deceiving yourself. He who hears the word and doesn't do it is like a man who observes his face in the mirror. He goes away and he forgets what kind of man he is. And so when we hear the word of God and God shows us things that need to change and things that may be ugly about ourselves, don't go away and forget what God showed you. Make a correction in your life. But it also means this. When I look in the mirror and I see what God has done in my life and who I am now in Christ, and I am a Christ container, and I contain the kingdom of God, it's inside of me. Don't go away and forget that. Understand our responsibility to go out and be who Jesus has called us and made us to be. Can I get a witness in the house today? And so, Lord, we pray. Here we are on this foggy Sunday morning. And, Lord, I don't like that kind of fog. I couldn't see my way to get here. Barely got here. But, God, I love the fog, Lord, your fog, the favor of God. And I pray that that favor, the favor of God, will just fall on every heart, every life, every family, and bring us the kingdom, Lord. We need you so desperately in our lives. And all God's people said, amen, as we pray in the name of Jesus. Even in the last three books that we've read just recently, and, you know, I, 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 I read through the Bible every year. Most of my family do that. Maybe all of my family. I'm not sure. I don't, you know, question them on that kind of thing. My prayers, let me just say this as a side note. This year, make it a goal in your life, even before we get to January 1, to, to go through the Word of God, whether you, whether you read it, whether you listen to it. Make sure that from Genesis to Revelation, you hear the whole counsel of God, and it'll change your life. So I want to encourage you to do that. Right now, we're about to begin Revelation here in December. Maybe you want to jump in right now. But when you get revelation on things, you will see it over and over and over again because God's Word does not contradict itself. It's good, and it's right all the way through. So let's look at it in, 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 in as, 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 as a matter of giving the good, giving the good. Look at it in Hebrews 11, 24, what should we be doing today as we go to church? We've been reading this and talking about this. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Hebrews 13, 
Therefore, by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Thanksgiving message. But do not forget, you and I, to do good and to share. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. James 2, I mentioned this last week. You see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces what? Say it with me. Good deed. Say it with me. Good deed. It's, if not, it's dead and it's useless. James 3, if you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life. Everybody say it with me. Doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. 1 Peter 2. Now, the book of 1 Peter is about living life when it's hard. Living life and doing the right things when it's hard, when you're suffering, like many of us maybe in this room are today going through a hard time. First Peter 2, for God called you to, say it with me, do good even if it means suffering. Just as Christ suffered for you, he is your example, and you must follow in his steps. One more, First Peter 4, 19, therefore let those who suffer according to the will of God. Can I be in the will of God and still suffer? Well, obviously you can. Those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him, one more time, help me, in doing good as to a faithful creator. Doing good, kind of life. <laughs> What's God's plan for my life? What would it look like when I'm doing it right? When I'm doing all the good that God wants me to, will I be like Moses and this epic story of delivering the people out of Egypt? Is that what it looks like to do good? Or maybe one of those powerful prophets in the Old Testament who, you know, prayed down fire and rain and so forth and so on. Is that doing good? Or maybe I'll be like the disciples who went about following Jesus and doing good and healing those depressed of the devil and then giving my life in martyrdom. Is that the level that I need to attain? Or maybe the Apostle Paul that we're reading from this morning wrote some two-thirds of the New Testament, a powerful prophet or apostle in the New Testament. Is that the kind of life that I'm going to need to live in order for me to do good so that it's pleasing to God? I say that because a lot of times without really thinking about it, that way, subconsciously, we think, if I don't do the grandiose thing, then I'm really not accomplishing anything for God. But I want to bring it all down today and say to you, it's about the little things. It's about the little things that you are sowing, the seeds that you are sowing, the good that you are doing. There is power in the little things. And I want to just kind of unfold that a little bit this morning. It's the little seeds of faith. Jesus said if you have seed, faith, like a seed, like a mustard seed, man, you can move mountains. It's the little seeds of faith. It's the little seeds of humility. It's that moment when you say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Forgive me, Lord. It's those little moments and little seeds of humility. It's the little seeds of kindness. How you doing today? How you doing, brother? The little seeds of kindness, little seeds of love, little seeds of service. Galatians 6, learn this principle and understand it and never forget it. 
Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. I want to read verse 8 out of the NLT. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death. When you live closed up and closed in and only pay attention to what is beneficial to your life, corruption and decay is headed your way, I promise you. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. If I ask you the question today, are you living to please the Holy Spirit every day in your conversations, on your way to work, the things you're thinking about, your actions, the way you raise your kids, the way you spend your money, the way you uh, react to people, the way you interact with people? Do you ever think about, Holy Spirit, is this pleasing you? If we'd be honest, a lot of times we'd say, not really. Listen, if we are not sowing and seeking to please the Spirit in everything we're doing, we're living according to our flesh and being guided about by what we think, what we do, what we feel, and that always ends up in a bad place. Can I get one amen? Amen. It continues on in Galatians verse 9. I gave it to you last week. And so here is, this should be the result of what we just found out. Listen, And so let us not grow weary while what? Doing good. For in due season, this is what we're singing about, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. If I do not lose what God is trying to bring forth in my life, I'm laboring, I need, to bring, I need to birth this in my life, this breakthrough. I've been waiting on God, nothing's really changed, but I'm going to keep sowing and sowing and not lose heart because one day I will reap because I know this is the will of God in my life. And as we're waiting on the Lord, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us, how many times do we need to see this? I started just to, to, to do a little search and see how many times This is in the New Testament, but I never got to that. Therefore, as we have opportunity, look around. God's going to lead you into places. God's going to bring you into conversations. God's going to show you a scene maybe like the guy who was beat up on the side of the road last week or some situation where people are hurting or people in need. People need a hand up. People need a lift. People need a word of encouragement. You're going to have opportunities in your life. Let us do good to all but especially those sitting next to us in church today. Those in the household of faith. You're going to reap whatever you sow. I want you to remember this phrase today right now. Listen very carefully. Write it down if you need to. This may be something you put on your refrigerator or in the wall in your bedroom. I don't know. Listen very carefully. It is, it just is the way it is. And here it is. You are, you are going where you're sowing. You are going where you're sowing. Everybody in this room and listening today online, you're going somewhere. There's, there's a destiny. There's, a, there's a, an arrival place that you're going to. 
what you're going to look like, what your family's going to look like, what your life's going to look like, what your heart's going to be like down the road. You're going somewhere. And you are going, listen to me, where you're sowing. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. I don't care if you think it's that way or not. It is that way. You are, I am, we are all going where we're sowing. Can I, can I get an amen right there? Let me talk about the flesh side first. Get that out of the way. I don't really want to talk about that today, but I need to. When we sow to the flesh, we're going to reap corruption, decay, death. And so I need to pay attention to the little things in my life that's destroying God's purpose and plan for my life. And Solomon, it says this way, catch us the foxes. Other translations say, catch for us the foxes. Catch for us, help me, catch for us the foxes, the what? The little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. There's something that God is doing in my life. I've got some hope. I've got some encouragement. I've got a word. I'm excited about my future, and it's so tender, and the little foxes are trying to come in and lead me in a different direction Help me catch the foxes, the little foxes that are destroying God's plan and purpose for my life. There's kingdom things that need to come out and I need to give and I need to be what God wants me to be. I don't want to be closed in. I want to live out loud. I want to live what God is doing in my life. Catch for us the little foxes that I really didn't pay attention to, but now I'm realizing they're really, they're really keeping me from my purpose and plan in life. Little heart attitudes. We all have them. Little heart attitudes that we really most of the time don't pay attention to. Little heart attitudes. Little things going on inside of us that we need to understand how vital they are. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. What is going on inside of your heart is what's determining the course of your life. I know you put your mind, your thoughts away, and you go to work, and you do what you need to do, and you try to be a faithful husband, and you try to provide for your kids, and you try to do all the big things in life, but it's your heart attitudes that you better pay attention to, to, to because it's not just what you do, it's what's going on in your heart that really matters, and what the little attitude of your heart is, is determining the course of your life and where you're going. How many of you understand that? Raise your hand real quick. And so Jesus is teaching us this. And he says this. He's talking to the religious people of his day. And he says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. Now, Jesus wasn't afraid to confront or rebuke or whatever he needed to do, and though he was love all the time, he said, brood of vipers, <laughs> you pit of snakes, how can you, being evil, listen to these principles, 
How can you, being evil, they had just blasphemed, that's not of God, that's of the devil, blah, 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 blah. How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Listen to this very carefully, verse 35. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth what? Good things. But an evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil things. What's going on inside of you, what you're treasuring up, the thoughts you're constantly meditating on, the things that you believe on your inside, they're determining the course of your life. And you're speaking it and you're saying it out loud. There's times when family members or people, you know, around me and will say something, and I'm not perfect at all in what I say at all. But I'll say this, you couldn't pay me a million dollars to say what you just said. You could not pay me a million dollars to have those words come out of my mouth. And I'm not talking about bad, 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 bad things. I'm just talking about things that are not God's will for my life and where I'm headed. Can I get a witness in the house? What I let treasure up inside of me is going to come out of my mouth. And there's power when you let the little attitude of your heart bring forth little words out of your mouth that you think mean nothing. They're, they mean nothing. But listen to what Jesus said in the next verse. But I say to you that for every idle word, now either this is true or not, Every word devoid and empty of God's wisdom, his truth, his plan, his purpose, his will, every idle word that comes out of your flesh, you're going to give an account of it in the day of judgment. For by your word you will be justified, and by your word you will be, everyone sit with me, you're going to be condemned. Wow. Little hard attitudes bringing forth little words that are determining the course of my life. Do the little things matter? Absolutely. James 3 is a teaching on our words. I'm not even trying to teach on our, our speech today, our words, but this is just how it fell out. And I want you to understand it's not necessarily about the word that you speak, but what it's tied to in your heart that's really powerful. Blankety blank, I don't know him. Peter's in, in, in the middle of fear and warfare, and he says something that's not his nature. I'm not saying every little thing you say when you're in fear, you know, God's going to give that to you. But you just, if, if you just don't take thoughts captive and you just meditate on things and say things that you're not supposed to be saying, I promise you they're affecting your life and bringing you somewhere. So James 3, teaching on tongue, he said, on the tongue, he says this. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that, that, that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. And so here's the point. This massive, strong, powerful animal is turned by a little bridle that we put in its mouth. Look at the next illustration that James gives us. Look also at the ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds. They are turned by a very small rudder. Wherever the pilot desires, even so the tongue is a what? 
It's a little member, but it boasts great things. (laughs) See how great a forest a little fire kindles. Listen, you, what you're letting, letting exist in your heart and come out your mouth is determining the course of your life. When you spin that wheel and you turn that rudder or you turn that rudder, it's bringing you somewhere. And so what's happening in my heart is absolutely vital. Somebody say amen right there. Seeds of selfishness. I see it all the time. I see it in me. I see it in my wife. I see it in my kids. We don't mean it. We just get to focusing on ourselves. And my wife is the most selfless person I know. But every moment, every now and then, she has a moment. I have a moment. We all have a moment when, when it's all about me, right? My kids, people that I've preached to for years and years, they don't get these moments and times when all of a sudden... It's all about you and your world and you forgot about everything and everybody else and you start sowing seeds of selfishness, self-seeking. They're going to bring you somewhere, I promise you, seeds of pride just clamming up when you need to say the I'm sorry, clamming up when you need to say I was wrong. That seed of pride, you walked out of the room and you know you should have said something. You know you got in pride. You know you need to say, you were right, I was wrong, but you walk out of the room anyway. We sowed a seed. Sowed a seed of pride, a seed of rebellion, a a seed of disobedience, a seed of dishonor and disrespect. And we could go on and on. Those seeds are bringing you somewhere, turning your life What's in your heart coming out your mouth? Literally, I could spend an eternity in hell completely disconnected from the life of God. Eternity, listen to me, forever and ever and ever. Or I can spend eternity with God in heaven and have the blessings of heaven forever where there's no more sorrow, death, crying. No more God is with me. There's no son. Jesus is the son. Jesus is the light. You know what determines heaven versus hell for eternity? What I let get in my heart and come out of my mouth. You say, I I don't don't believe it. Romans 10, 8. Prior to this, it said, who's who's going to bring Jesus into my life? I'm going to get Jesus in my life. Some of you think that way. I think that way. You think that way. We all think that way. Jesus manifests. I need you. Who's going to get Jesus in my life? God send Jesus. I need a breakthrough. I need to be blessed. I'm under the curse and so forth and so on. But listen to the Holy Spirit's answer. But what does it say? What is your answer? Where's the breakthrough and blessing? What, what do you need to, get, to be saved, delivered, made whole? What do you need? The word is near you. It's not out there. It's in here. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we 
preach that if we, we know this verse, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Stay right there. Go back. Listen, Not I go to church. I give all my money. I'm going to be a good boy. I'm going to stop doing this and start doing that and so forth and so on. No, let me tell you how it starts. When you believe in your heart and then say it out of your mouth, Jesus Christ, you are Lord. When I believe that he walked on this planet, was nailed to a cross for my sins, was buried, rose again the third day. I believe that in my heart. Just say it. Just confess him as Lord. Because here's the principle, verse 10. For with the heart, see, this is the whole picture. This is how the kingdom works. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Don't put up 1 Peter 3 yet. Let me say something real quick. I'm going to start verse 10 of 1 Peter 3, and I want you to think with me how you would conclude this sentence. Listen. For he who would love life and see good days, let him fill in the blank. Don't put it up yet. For he who would love his life, enjoy the life that God's given him, and see good all the days of my life, let him Dot, dot, dot. I wish I had the time to just get feedback and let you try to fill in that blank. I guarantee you, unless you know the verse, you would not say what it says. Let me read it. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his from evil and his lips from is that amazing? Let him turn away from evil and say it with me. Do good. Can you say it with me? Let him turn away from evil and thank you. Is anybody getting convinced yet? Stop letting the wrong thing in your heart, saying it out of your mouth. You're not going to love your life, and you're not going to see good days. If you want to see good days, shut your mouth to the evil things. Speak God's blessing. Give him praise always. Bless people around you. And just do good. <laughs> And let him seek peace and pursue it. What does that mean? To be one with God. To be set at one. Live your life. Lord, is, am I pleasing to you? I want to please you, my father, now that I'm adopted into your family. I want to be at one and be at peace as much as depends upon me with every walking person on this planet. Every person that walks on this planet. That's how I'm going to love my life and see good days. So here, here it is. We need to find, this is another phrase for you to write down unless you're going to wait for my notes Tuesday. Everyone, we need to find and focus on the good thing in every situation and start sowing good seeds. How many of you know bad things are happening all around you? Raise your hand high. Bad things are happening all around you. Bad things are happening. And you know, it's bad enough, but even... But, but i got to even deal with the devil and his lies in my life. In my flesh and how stupid I can be in my flesh. Is your flesh stupid, by the way? 
Man, it's stupid. In, in your flesh, nothing, here it is again, good dwells. Nothing good's in your flesh, only in your spirit, man. And so listen to what Jesus says in Luke 16. Now again, find and focus on the good thing in every situation of my life and start breathing on it, sowing good seeds, getting out of myself, being a blessing. Because this is what Jesus says in Luke 16.10. This is just how it is. Whoever can be trusted with very... Somebody preach with me. Whoever can be trusted with very can also be trusted with much, and whoever is dishonest with very, the very will be dishonest. Let's read that as the Amplified. Look. He who is faithful in a very <laughs> is faithful also in much. He who is dishonest and unjust in the very is dishonest and just also in the very. Here, here it is. If you're not faithful in the little things in your life, I'll never trust you with the breakthrough, blessing, increase in your life. I want you to live on the little level and understand what you need to do so that I can bring increase into your life. Somebody say amen. I don't want you to get trapped in the figurative language. This is so practical. This is practical in your life every day. You're living this life. Every day you're living this life. What you do with the little is determining how much of the much God can give you. How many of you know God does not lie? He does not lie. This is not just kind of made up and just kind of exaggerated. No, this is how it is. And I'm thankful for this teaching years ago in my life. I'm not perfect at it. But there is an awareness, a sensitivity for the most part in my life about the little things. My boys hear me preach, to, uh, preach it all the time, the little thing. What you do with the little thing, your countenance, your, your words, your, what you do with your time, the little, the little moments, the little bite-sized moments in time that God gives you. What you do with that little bite-sized moment is determining what God is able to do in your life. There, my favorite two stories in all the Word of God, I'm going to share them with you real quick. Two stories, one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. That's going to illustrate for you how important the little things are and what you do with them and how faithful you are in them. The first one is about Elijah. There's a famine in the land. The people of God won't listen. The prophets come. They go, you know, that's no big deal. That's not going to determine my life. That's not going to you know, determine the course of our nation. And they just didn't pay attention to a little thing. And God had to, 2 Chronicles 13, them, which means this, 7, 7, 13 says, listen, when I shut up the heavens, when I give you no rain, when I devour your crops, I'm trying to get your attention. Hello, you missed a little. Now you got to deal with the big. Listen. And if you listen, if my people will humble themselves, verse 14, you know this verse. My people humble themselves, confess their sins. Amen. Humble themselves, confess their sins. 
I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, I will cleanse or heal their land, right? He's just waiting on you to pay attention a little. But this, this, that's where they're at. And God sends a famine, there's no, there's no rain on the, on the land. But God is sending the little in the people of God's life. He's being faithful, he's not giving them great prosperity, but he's giving them the little that they need to survive even in the midst of a national famine, a nationwide famine. And so Elijah is commanded by the Lord to go, go camp out by the brook Kareth. And the Lord commanded the ravens to come and feed him every day. Now, they weren't carrying a big old T-bone steak, but they were giving him the little that he needed to survive. Amen? So he would eat the little. He would, he would consume it. It, would, it, was, it was, I'm not going to eat this. I've been craving, you know. I've been craving, you know, leaf spaghetti. I, I've been craving, you know, Tommy's pizza. I've been cra- I don't want this garbage. But he was faithful in the little. And what God was providing him, he blessed it. He was thankful for it. One day the brook dried up. Water was gone. Now what am I going to do? Lord says, listen to me. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you another little. I want you to go over to Zarephath. There's a widow there. I've already commanded her to take care of you. Go over there. That's your place right now. So he obeyed that word and went to the widow in Zarephath. And I'm sure he's thinking, if I was him, I would be. This woman's got to be loaded. She's got bank accounts galore. And I'm going to go over there and I'm just going, she's going to take care of me. But he shows up on the scene And there's a little old shack with a board missing on the side. Door, you know, one of the hinges is off and it's just crooked. And this woman, she's got a little boy. She's a widow. Dad's gone. I don't know why dad's gone, but he's gone. Woman and a little boy. And she's out there picking up sticks. And and, and, and the prophet said, "Uh, I want to make sure I didn't get my wires crossed. The Lord told me that you would provide for me and give me something to eat. And what does she say? Look at it. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. Everyone say that with me. I do not have bread. Only, it's all I got, a handful of flour in a bin, and a what? And a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple sticks that I may go in, make me one biscuit. We're going to split it 40, 60. I'm going to give him 60, me and my son, that we may eat that last biscuit. And we're going to die because we ain't got no more food. This is what separates Christianity from religion right here. And what and believers from unbelievers. And Elijah said to her, I know what God's up to. He's going to make us live by kingdom principles right here to bring the harvest. You don't have enough food. I don't have any food. What do we need to do? Do not fear. I know God's going to take care of us. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first. I'm not being selfish. I just know right now that you need to seek first the kingdom so God can add to us the harvest that we need. Make me one first and bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and your son. Now stop. We read these stories and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, go back. Listen, this woman is starving to death. Not one of you in this room probably know what, knows what it means to feel like you're starving. 
Has anybody in the room ever been close to death because of food deprivation? Raise your hand. No, you come in from work, you say, baby, I'm starving. No, you're not. You're a little hungry. When you're starving, you do what they did in the Old Testament, and you eat the placenta when a woman gives birth. You eat a donkey's head and calves' dung, dove's dung, when you're starving. I hate to say it this way, but can I just say it? You, 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 you crashed a plane on the mountaintop, and there's no food, and so all of a sudden you're looking for the most plump one in the group. And you start eating one another when you're starving. This woman and her boy is starving. And the man of God comes up and said, don't make him nothing. Are you nothing? Make me one first. Let me tell you why God sent him to her. Because she was going to be a woman who understood the power of doing what God tells me to do. While nothing's going right in my life, I will obey the instruction. I will do it right she made him one first. And you know what the Bible says? It says the, the bin of flour did not run out. Come on, somebody. Every time she put her little measuring scooper in there, it was full. Can I get a witness in the house? I don't know how it happened, but God, but God did it. And the oil in the jar did not run out. That's the harvest she needed, but she understood, thank God, by faith and wisdom that if I just eat the seed, I don't get the harvest. It's the little thing that I do with the little bit that God's given me that's going to bring the blessing, the breakthrough in my life. Can I get a witness in the house? Can I give you one more story real quick? I'm doing fairly good today. Jesus teaching, people want to hear this teaching. People are getting healed, lame, get walking, your blind eyes are seeing. <laughs> Got a good crowd out there, 5,000 to 15,000 people, maybe even upwards, I don't know. Getting late, one of the disciples come to Jesus, hey, Jesus, some of you already know where I'm going, just bear with me if you know your word, amen. Jesus, these people are, they're hungry. We need to send them away back in the villages so they can eat. And Jesus turned to him and said this, you give them something to eat. I, I want to teach you something heavenly, Jesus is saying. Don't think like a man. Don't, don't think like the world. You give them something. Do you know how much money? That's how a man thinks. But listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 6. I'm going to give you a couple different gospels because they all want to say, say a couple things I want you to see. They're hungry. Mark 6, 38. But he said to them, this is so good. <laughs> How many loaves do you have? There's 15,000 people out there. Jesus, I mean, I, my pockets are in my knapsack. How many, how many do, you, do you think? How many loaves do you have? Go and see. Find out the seed that God is giving you. Find out what God's provision is right now in the situation. Go and see. 
I'm preaching myself happy right now. John 6, he says it this way. The disciples come back. There is a little boy, a lad, with five barley loaves and two small fish. And I'd probably ask this question too. But what are they among so many? What is this going to do? Do you know? I'm thinking harvest level. Jesus is thinking seed level. There's a little boy who brought his lunch. Can you imagine? That little boy, he's hungry. He's got two fish and five little loaves of bread. I've literally seen a movie or some commentary or something where they were talking about these large loaves. I'm like, seriously? I mean, seriously? You think that boy brought five loaves in a, in a what? A, a, a dump truck? And the two fish, he's dragging two whales behind. Come on, man. He got, he's got five little pieces of bread and two fish. Amen. Matthew 14, 17. Let me, let me finish the story in Matthew. Then they said to him, we have only five loaves and two fish. He said what? Bring them, give them to me. Bring them here to me. Uh, little boy, listen. I know you're hungry and your belly's rumbling right now, but would you give your two fish and five loaves to feed all these people? You know, childlike faith. I'm hungry, but you know what? I'll give it. The disciples take them two fish and five. Their their stomach is rumbling too. They're hungry. But they go and give the seed to Jesus. Look at it. Then he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. He took the five loaves and two fish. And looking up to heaven, he said, Lord, is this all you can give? Lord, is this all you could provide? You're my father. You told me you would take care of all of my needs, and this this is what you're giving me? I don't want to show of hands, but I'm telling you, you get that way sometimes. No, we need to confess every now and then. Just raise your hand. You're looking at the breakthrough, and you're missing what's right in front of you, the good that you do have. Jesus totally understood, of course. And so he blessed. (laughs) Father, I bless this little. I bless this lack. I bless this not enough thing in my life. John said it when he had given thanks. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this little seed in my life. God, I, boy, this has been good for me. I am, I'm, this is powerful. And so he broke, he started breaking the bread, and he did what? He blessed and broke and he blessed and broke and he gave the loaves to the disciples freely you have received and the disciples to the multitudes now give it away. I know you're hungry. After you give, there'll be something for you. But right now everybody's got to 
give in order for the harvest to come. And so they all ate and were filled, and they took up 12 baskets full of fragments that remained. Is God the God of enough? Raise your hand if you believe that. Is God the God of more than enough? Say amen. He's the God of more than enough, but you got to do it his way. I'm so depressed. I can't even, I just, I can't, I'm so full. I'm sorry. I, I don't know. What do you have? I think I got enough strength to call my friend and check on her. Sow it. Give the little thing that you can do because sitting in the bedroom with your lights out and Satan beating your brains out is never going to bring you the harvest, the blessing, the breakthrough that you need. There's something good that you can do and you must sow it in order to receive what you really need. Man, wish I had time to give you more examples So it's the little things. Everybody say, it's the little things. Say it again, it's the little things. Say it one more time, it's the little things, things that I'm not even paying attention to, things that I thought were of no consequence. I'm not even paying attention to that. Man, I wish I could build them a house. That, that poor family, they lost. Yeah, the husband died and they had no insurance. They ba were barely making I wish I could build them a house. Well, you know what? Maybe you can't build them a house. But maybe you can build them a porch on their trailer. Man, I wish I could just bring them out to the steakhouse and just bless them with one good meal. Maybe you can't do that. But maybe you can go get a basket maybe from Berrytown and go knock on the door and just bless somebody. There's something you can do. And I need to learn to focus on what that might be. And you need to learn to focus on what that might be. Because it's what you do with the little things that's determining the course of not only your life, but people around you, your wife and your kids and your husband, your church family. It's a little thing you do. Well, you know what? It's foggy this morning. I think I'm just going to stay in bed and just kind of sleep. I'll catch it online. It's the little thing you're doing. I'm not trying to bring condemnation, but I'm trying to bring conviction. Those little moments and times when you, it wasn't the Holy Spirit. If I said, hey, did the Holy Spirit tell you? You said, nah, probably not. Well, guess if the Holy Spirit didn't tell you, did it? Who told you? Your flesh, you. And you're going to decay, corruption, death, spiritually. How many of you believe this message today? Would you raise your hands? Let us catch the little foxes in our life. Let us start paying attention to the little foxes in our life. Pride and rebellion and fear and doubt. Worry. Laziness. Procrastination. My boys, I'm sure they're squirming in their seat right now because dad always tells them, listen, you're trying to find that perfect time slot to get that big thing done in your life, but it ain't coming. It's the 15 minutes here, the 30 minutes here, 
that's going to bring about the blessing in your life. It's what you do with the little moments in time along the way. Well, I'll get to it one day. I don't have the energy to really conquer that. You don't need the energy to conquer that. All you need to do is take a bite out of it. Don't make me say that corny thing. How do you eat an elephant? Start getting them little foxes dealt with. Your countenance when you don't feel good. You walk around and I pastor a lot of people in my life. And see people all of a sudden sitting out there and you're preaching God's word. They ought to be full of faith when they're sitting like this. Listen, people like that don't make it. I'm, just, I'm just telling you. It's the I don't feel good. I don't feel real good. But let me tell you what I'm going to do. I am going to treat this like a, an amazing, epic moment in my life. It's Sunday morning. It's the Lord's Day. I'm going to jump out of my car, and I've got 102 fever. And I'm not, I probably should have said it. You probably need to stay home if you've got 102 fever. But, but I'm, I'm kind of coughing all over the place, and I don't want to sit in there because when he, 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 I just start coughing my head off. And I've been in that room. Let me tell you, let me tell you, you know, you know during covid on Sunday mornings when we had to pre-record the service, and Sunday morning you saw it, but I actually preached it on Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. You know what I did on Sunday morning? Every Sunday morning I'd come and pray for you while you were watching that. It's Sunday morning. It's the Lord's Day. I'm not going to sit around my house and eat pancakes and drink orange juice. It's the Lord's Day. I'm going to get out of my car. I'm going to shake a hand, hug a neck. I'm going to bless somebody. I'm going to say, talk to me, Lord. I'm here. I'm, I'm going to let you sing. I'm going to raise my hand. I'm going to say, thank you, Lord. I'm going to make melody in my heart to the Lord. I'm not going to sit there like this. Because that little attitude is bringing you somewhere. And trust me, I can make, I can write stories and prove that to you. Let us understand how important the little things are in the face of lack. You don't have enough, what you do. In the face of disappointment, disappointment is a real deal in Christianity. You get disappointed. I was expecting, I was hoping, I thought by now. You get disappointed. What do you do? Well, you know what? Mm -mm. What I do when I've been living in a season of defeat. What do you do? You better, you, better make fir you better make your biscuit first. So into the kingdom, what do you do in seasons of drudgery? I just feel like I'm spinning my wheels just constantly. I'm just going to you know, slide off the road and get in the ditch and just kind of, uh, man. <laughs> I don't like that. Oh, God don't like that. Stay focused on where you need to go. I remember one time my boy said, they were about 10, 12 years old. I said, we want to see some snow, Dad. I said, okay, there was a snowstorm in Texas. I'm just going to drive up there, kind of get on the fringe of it and just feel, let them see some snow. You know, it's early in the week. We'll go try this. We got in a storm. Stupid me. We was on the top of an overpass. We couldn't go. They were going slow because it was ice on the uh, overpass. I'm in an old, old suburban back in the day, you know, and I'm sitting in the, this side, you know, and there's an 18-wheeler on this side, and all of a sudden the 18-wheeler literally slides like this. 
toward me. I have to drive down the overpass. Are you listening to me? Out in the grass. Oh, 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 hang on, y'all. Oh, it was bad. You get on the interstate, and there was two, like, two 12, two two by 12, where the tires were. That's the only place you could drive. If you got off just a little bit, whoo, 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 and I saw it happened over and over again. I had such a migraine headache trying to focus on, I'm literally, there, there's no, who, hey, what time, <laughs> no, it was like, <laughs> listen, learn to live focused on the little path that you need to walk on. When things are not going your way and things are hard, just keep giving the good thing. Listen to what Jesus says. Mark 9, 41, whoever gives you a, let me go give you a little, Justin, you've been singing. Let me run out there and get that one of them little phone cups, little coffee cups. I'm going to give you some water because I see you're thirsty. For whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name because you belong to Christ, and surely I say he will by no means lose his reward. Is there anything insignificant in the kingdom that you can give? Nothing. Nothing at all. Let's stand our feet. Team, come up. Sometimes we get tired. I get tired. You get tired. We all get tired. Everybody gets tired. When you get tired, sometimes you do nothing. Bad mistake. And I'm talking more spiritually tired than physically tired. Revelation 3.8, listen to this, what Jesus said. This is to the Philadelphia church, the, the church of brotherly love. That's why they named the city that. And in my Bible, the title says the faithful church. And in the other letters, Jesus you know, corrected them on something. The Philadelphia church received no correction from Jesus, just encouragement and commendation. He said, I know your work. See, I've set before you an open door and no one can shut it. I don't care how dark the room gets, there's always a door that God has left open. There's always a God way out. In the moment, the middle of your despair and discouragement, always understand there is always a God way out. Can I get an amen right there? I've opened a door, no one can shut it, for you have a what? You don't feel like you can run a marathon spiritually. You don't feel like, you know, you're, praise God, I'm on top. The devils are under my feet. Praise God. God, I'm, you don't feel like that at all. But you got a little strength. You had a little strength just to come to church this morning. Amen or not? You have a little strength. You have a little strength. And you've kept my word and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. I wish I could preach that. I can't right now. Because you have kept my command to persevere and keep sowing and keep sowing. Let us not grow weary in well-doing. I will also. Now, this is, you can pull out some commentaries. This is, this is a, the, the topic for a lot of debate. Because you have kept sowing, 
When you were weeping, you kept going forth, sowing precious seed. Because you kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Now listen, if I was ever going to preach and teach that Christians will not go through the tribulation, I'd start right there. But I'm not all this box thing and fit it. I'm not, I'm not that at all. And, and, and nowhere in God's word can, can you de- deny the possibility of what am I about to say. It might be that, you know, you were kind of just hanging on, just really not, not doing a lot and just kind of just barely making it you're just on the verge of lukewarm, whatever. And all of a sudden you got to go through the tribulation. But because you kept sowing and giving the good and didn't put it in the ground, but you kept sowing it, maybe he says, okay, you, you, and you, you don't have to go through it. I'm not teaching that. What I am saying is, all I'm seeing right there is if I will live a life of faithfulness and everything good that God gives me, I give it away, there's a powerful promise right there. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. I don't have much. Well, hold fast to it. What do you have? I just got two fish and five loaves. Hold fast to it and bless it so that God, as you give it, let no one take your crown. You know, there's a crown. Amen. And I want to win it. It's what you do with the little things. And I want to sing this song again. Some of these songs, I don't, I'm just kind of reminiscing in this season. I don't know why. Can we sing that, Justin? Just little as much when God is in it. Look at the words. Come on. In the harvest field now ripen there's a work for all to do. Heart the master's voice is calling to the heart this calling you there's something for everybody to do and does the place you're called to labor seem so small and little wow it is great if our God is in it, for he will not forsake his own. Little is much when God is in it, labor not for wealth And you can win it if you go in Jesus. Come on, somebody needs to worship Jesus right now. And when the conflict here is ended, and our race on earth is run, Woo, he will say, we will say. You've been faithful. Well, 
And you can Holy win Spirit, it. Holy Spirit, convince us today. If you, you go. You good? You sure? Okay, I got my water bottle. I have my lips on it, but you might not hear this song again till next year. <laughs> Maybe four weeks, but you'll hear it again. Come on. Hey, let's, let's sing this. Stay tuned just a minute. Let's sing this with all of our hearts. I know you're tired. I know that you've gone through things in life. I know you don't feel like you have much to give, but don't forget what we're singing about this morning. Come on. Don't be these people right here. Listen. Well, there are people who think they're not receiving. Come on. That's the word. Anything from God at all. Oh, they are shaken from their 